Welcome to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast, where we share illuminating stories and knowledge to inform, educate, inspire and empower you in the areas of business, health, finance, philanthropy, art, and entrepreneurship, designed to help you achieve your goals. And now here is your host, Desiree Stanley. Welcome everyone to the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Stanley. And with me today is my special guest, Zakia Austin. Welcome to the show, Zakia. I'm so excited to have you on today. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Desiree. I look forward to it. I'm thrilled to have Zakia on today to talk with us. She is the owner and driving force behind Z Austin Insurance. And she's going to be talking about something that none of us really want to have to think about. And that's kind of catastrophic events that could happen in our life. And so she's going to share with us some of the things that have happened in her life and why she is so passionate about getting this information out to others. Again, so, so wonderful to have you, Zakia. Go ahead and tell us how you got started in the insurance industry and and we'll go from there. Okay. Well, I got started in 2014 as a piggyback in a marriage to my real estate career. So once I sold a home, I then went back and sold a life insurance policy or disability policy to my customer because once you buy a house, you start getting this mail once you close saying, we want to sit with you about mortgage protection. And most of the times, people don't even understand what that is. So I would tell them, hey, listen, you're going to start getting an influx of mail about uh, mortgage protection. Don't worry about that. Once you're settled in, I'm going to come back and I'm going to sit down with you. So the mortgage protection is pretty much a life insurance policy that you can either get in the amount of the mortgage you just um, inherited or as close as your family members that live in the house with you that's not on a deed have time to figure out what to do or or buy it, pay it off, right? So it's not kicking them out because the person whose name it's in is no longer there. The bank has that that loan insured, and that's what that uh, mortgage insurance is when you sign your your, uh, loan documents. And then I would also do the disability insurance. So either you are no longer there and you're making sure your family members can either pay the house off or pay the mortgage until they sell it and and figure things out without being burdened with, oh my God, what do we do now? And then a disability in the event you can't go to work to pay for the biggest bill most of the time you have is your mortgage, right? So I say a lot of times, it could be most, but a lot of times if one person that brings in an income for the house it cannot bring in income for the house, that becomes a financial crisis after whatever whatever else you're dealing with, right? So if you have the person who brings in the most of the money is the person who is either sick and can't go to work or injured and can't go to work, the income just took a hit. So you want to have disability insurance outside of what the job offers you because that's still not going to be enough. Most chances are it's not going to last as long as something that you purchase outside of the job will last. 
Yeah, that's such great information. And I think that, you know, we often don't think ahead like that. And unfortunately, we can get caught in a situation where, like you explained, we're not covered enough to pay for our largest bill, which, you know, really is our mortgage or the loan mm -hmm. that we have on our house. And, you know, then what do you do? And so this is a great way to be proactive, right? And to protect yourself and your family in an mm -hmm. event like that. And so you mentioned that that was in, I think, 2014? Yes, 2014. Okay. And so then the the insurance side of it, did that become more uh, prevalent of the business or were you still also doing real estate as well? How did that all work out? I was still doing real estate, but the firm that I was with, so I was picked up securities license with Prudential. That was January 2017. I grabbed the Series 63. Prudential didn't mind me selling real estate, but I, I, did, I didn't have a long career there. So after things didn't go as planned there, I took a break from insurance and it was just real estate back to real estate. So I've been in real estate since 2006 and that, that was the baby. I loved it. I know it. I know it well. And once I decided to revisit insurance or the financial services side of it, I went into another firm and that was with AXA advisors and they considered real estate a conflict of interest. So being that I was in real estate so long, I already had a long list of investors. So I made a pivot. I call myself a pivot queen. <laughs> I made a pivot from traditional real estate and started doing off-market deals. Gotcha. And that's maybe a conversation for a different day because uh, that is just like a whole nother world. But let's talk a little bit more about um, how people would go about finding an agent to assist them with, you know, really digging through all of the different types of policies that are available and like what would be the best for them. It's definitely going to be the rapport, how comfortable you feel with that person, because you don't want to do heavy business like that with someone that you feel like is just there for that one transaction. So I would say, make sure that you like that person. So for me, I started to build that clientele from people I was selling a house to. So it took us months possibly to close a transaction on a house. So you got to know that person if I didn't already know them. And I educated them through the real estate uh, transaction. So we already had that relationship. Either you're going to be referred to a um, professional in insurance or do your due diligence, read up on reviews, or today we follow people on social media, see if you like their energy and, and the content that they share. Yeah, good point. That relationship is so important in something that's this personal whether it be, you know, purchasing a house or purchasing insurance. And so let's talk about the insurance side of it in terms of the different types of policies and how do you determine really what's the best for your needs? The best is the one that you own. That's it. Own, own one, right? So yes, it's great to have it at work. That's probably the biggest objection or People shy away from the conversation because they have it at work. So 
at work, it's attached to work. You probably can't take that with you when you leave. Some companies do allow you to take it with you, but and, and when you can take it with you, possibly you're not taking it at the same amount that you had in that group. So with work, it's a group plan. You don't have a copy of that at home in your drawer. Um, if you leave there, potentially you're separated from that policy. Now you have to go through underwriting all over again. You've had birthdays, so you age. You possibly have a new health diagnosis. And these things are going to impact your monthly premium. So while you're healthy, I would say get a policy. I don't care if it's term or permanent, but you need to understand if it's term, it has an expiration date on it. So I always tell my clients, it's, it's a gamble, right? It, you and the insurance company are gambling. If you have a term policy, it, you will win if you pass away. Your family will win, I should say. You pass away before the expiration of that policy, 20, 30 years. That means you didn't pay much into that policy, but the insurance company is on a hook to cut a massive check to your uh, family members for your untimely death. If you have a permanent policy, you're going to get a higher premium per month for less face amount because you will always win as long as you pay your premium because there is no expiration. They know at some point they're on the hook to pay that death benefit. Yeah, that's that's interesting, the explanation there on the differences, mm -hmm. because I think that that can be very confusing. And, you, you know, not knowing that the one has an expiration date and that that's it, it's done, it's over versus, you know, the one that's more like lifetime, right? It never mm -hmm. expires. Mm -hmm. And so that's really important to know. And then I guess determining which is the right one for you is going to be very personal, right? Right. So let me let me back up just a bit there um, with term. So if I'm selling a term policy, which is mortgage protection, because I just sold you a house, your mortgage is hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? That's a new bill that's probably a, a bigger payment than you've ever had at a previous house or rental, however. So you have to get adjusted to now having bigger bills by owning the house, not even just the mortgage. You got more space now. Potentially, your uh, household bills have increased as well. So you can get a larger face amount on the term, but your premium is not going to be so massive for the amount that you just purchased, right? But you just have to remember that is the expiration date on that uh, policy. Today, though, we can build out um, a policy, whether it's term or perm, with riders that are updates to a policy, just like an endorsement on home insurance, or we have to update our cell phone. They have riders that make sense today for term, and that can be a chronic rider, if you can't take care of yourself, you've been in a bad accident like my story. And I, when I came home, I couldn't do several things. So it's called ADLs, activities of daily living. That can be grooming yourself, feeding yourself, toileting, uh, dressing yourself. If you can't do two of six um, active daily living activities, then you can have a letter from your doctor, send it into the life insurance company, and then they will advance you some of that death benefit. And then you still have some leftover for death benefit. So it's not just today in the event you pass away. Then you have a chronic illness rider. 
not chronic, terminal. Terminal is if you have, you're diagnosed with an illness that's 12 months or less to live. You can do the same thing, advance that death benefit. So you can add on to these policies today where it's not just for death anymore. And that's whether it's a term or permanent. That's what makes it make sense. So if you can look at those type of riders if you have a large enough uh, face amount as a long-term care. That's really good. I'm glad you shared that. And then there's something I, that I, I was thinking about. Are these things different in different states? Because I'm being from California, you're in New Jersey. Are there, are the insurance laws different in different areas? Like, are there different policies available to people in different areas? It's the companies. It's not, okay. not really the state that, that makes um difference of the endorsements or the riders that you can put, it's the companies. Each company has their policies designed for their company. They want you to come and buy a policy with them. So they may have different features to their life policy that this company over here doesn't. So it's like, oh, now we have this rider, this rider, that rider, that company doesn't have it. We will accept you if you have this diagnosis, that diagnosis, and that company won't. So it's just a matter of who has what. It doesn't really matter about the state. It's what they're willing to accept to write your business and their endorsement that's on there, aka writers. Okay, thank you for going into a little bit more detail on that. And then you mentioned what happened to you. And so I'd like to, if you're ready to share what it was that happened to you so that the listeners know what occurred. Okay, so my birthday weekend always falls either on Labor Day or on Labor Day weekend. September 6, 2019, myself, along with three friends and my half-sister, we took a little quick, what we thought was supposed to be a quick weekend trip to Atlanta, Georgia. And within the first 24 hours, one of my friends was already deceased. I was on a life support or get going through surgery to be on life support um, because I didn't pull through right away. And then my uh, childhood best friend was on life support for six months in a coma. Um, the other two went through severe uh, surgeries as well. And we didn't come home in two days like we planned. Okay. We were in the hospital for three months. The ones who, the survivors were in the hospital for three months. And it wasn't that we went home and we were back to life. No, well, back to norm. No, um, I went home to electric stair lift on my front steps and I had a hospital bed in my living room. I still needed a lot of help to do anything in the house. And that's why I was qualified to tap into that rider, the chronic rider on my term life insurance policy because I couldn't do probably five of those six things, if not six out of six that I spoke about earlier. So that that's when we talk about being proactive, right? A lot of times people will not be interested in the conversation of life insurance or disability. For them, it's another bill, right? I'm fine. I feel good. We make all these plans for tomorrow, next week, and everything else. And there's no guarantee on that, right? My experience shows you there's no guarantee on tomorrow because we did not make it 24 hours visiting another state for a quick weekend getaway. My mom at age 50 went to bed and did not wake up. There's no tomorrow there, right? Once we were discharged from the hospital after the three months, we came up with 
COVID, everyone was on quarantine a few months later. How many people passed away then? You saw them today, the next day you didn't. So it can be bad timing. It's just, we hear these stories all the time, Desiree. It doesn't matter what the event is. We assume that we have more time and it's not really up to us, right? So if you prolong making this purchase because you assume you have more time, you could be leaving your family members in a really bad financial situation. And I always share with people, if things are tight now and you leave your family members with having to figure out how to put you away for your final resting place, you just made the situation even worse where now they can't even grieve, right? Because they are burdened with financial bills on top of, you know, it's just, it, it could be a really bad situation. Yeah, for sure. And and thank you so much for sharing your story and what happened. And it's absolutely devastating. So I I thank you for sharing it. And wow, what a powerful thing, though, that you can share now that story with others so that you can hopefully help them to not have to go through, you know, that experience or put their family members through an experience like that where they may have lost someone who is, you know, the sole supporter of the family. And so again, Zakia, thank you for sharing that. And I can see why it's your passion to share the story and to tell others, don't put this off, you know, be proactive, do this now and save your family that heartache and grief and burden later. So important. Yeah. If I can just go back to add, um, I had all different types of policies in place at the time of this accident. And it wasn't comfortable to my pocket either every month. But thank God I did have them in place because by the time I woke up, these claims were already in place because my sister had started making those calls. I knew that my girlfriend who had passed away first had life insurance because I was her agent. I knew that my childhood best friend was okay because we had just had the conversation maybe one or two months prior to where she told me she had paid up insurance that her uh, grandmother bought her from a child. And maybe at that time of the conversation, she only had one or two payments left. So that meant that the policy was paid up either the month before or the month that this accident happened. In the event that she did not have a paid up policy or any other policy in place. She was not married. She had no children. So you get people that say, oh, why do I need life insurance? I have nobody for things like this. Okay. She was not able to speak for six months. Who would have known what company to make payments to for those six months? Okay. If it wasn't already paid for, that could have been a GoFundMe situation. Yeah. So during my application process previously, I would allow people to say, no, they don't want to list anybody else on their paperwork to say if they miss a payment. Today, I'm saying, no, we are adding a second person because if you cannot speak, you know, who else knows that you missed a life insurance payment? Somebody else needs to be informed, hey, you need to pay this just in case. Yeah, that's a great point that you brought up and and leads me to a couple things. One, I re remember getting the letters in the mail about, do you want to have anybody else listed 
in case a mailing address change or like you just said, you know, something happens, somebody Mm -hmm. else is notified and then they can carry on getting that handled for you. And then also setting up even just auto deduct, right? So these payments are automatically uh, deducted from your bank account directly through, you know, ACH processing. And then you're certain that those are always getting handled every month. What if you run out of money? True. But what True. if you don't have that six month reserves and you're you're incapacitated for six months? Those ACHs have stopped now because the money is not there. Now that's the same situation as uh oh, this is in pre lapse where this is about to last. Once it's lapsed and you can't speak, you can't answer those questions again to get reinstated. That's mm-hmm. over with. Great point. That's absolutely a great point. Thank you for bringing that up because I didn't think about that as a a factor is like you said, if the money in your bank account is no longer there, then those payments are not going to be made on your behalf. And so that's a a fantastic point. Yeah. Probably not the only bill that you're going to have on ACH, right? So that is true. We're bringing in new money. New money is not dropping in, but the same money is going out. It's about to run out. And who knows how long that situation will be where you are not being able to go out and bring in new money. Absolutely. Yeah. Great point. Thank you very much, Zakia, for clarifying that because it's not something that I thought about, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead then and talk about, you were a part of a book recently, and I really want you to share that with the listeners, but Zakia, tell us about it. So it's good grief. And, yeah. and so go ahead and, and share more about it. While I was in the hospital, my cousin would come and see me and he would always say, this needs to be a book. Like you need to write about this. And I'm like, for one, I was mentally, I was a wreck. I just lost one friend. My other friend still was not, she didn't pull through yet. I was a wreck. So writing a book, was not the first thing I thought about. Possibly this was two years later. This was networking. I joined the networking group call and I jumped in there late and I got thrown right into a breakout room. And in that breakout room, it was a publisher then. And I'm like, wow, this is interesting. And I don't think things just happen, right? So it was like, oh, wow, okay. We talked about her uh, books. And then she said, well, I have another book coming up and I'm I'm still looking for authors. And I was like, well, what's the name? What's it about? And she said, good grief. And I was like, that's it. I I, I wasn't dropped into that breakout room by, by mistake. I signed up for it, but I'm not sure how serious I was when I first signed up for it. And after we had maybe two calls about it, it was like, okay, next week your bio is due. And I had an anxiety attack. My stomach started rumbling and I was getting hot and I was like, I got to go. And I just clicked off of the call because that became very real that you, you didn't say you're going to do it. Now you're going to do it. You got to turn in that bio next week. Then once the bio was done, it was okay. Now you got to turn in your chapter. It was like, I don't know where to start. I was nervous. It was my first time writing, but once I started, it just started to flow because I have these women that I miss so much. I had these women that I called on spiritually throughout my recovery period. And and those were some really dark days. 
I've missed being able to pick up the phone and call them or being able to go and sit with them and ask for advice or just share how I was feeling. So once I started to write, it just started to flow, but we were limited to um, word count. So I did what I could with that word count and in honoring each person that I missed. So you have a chapter portion of the book, then it sounds like. Have you considered writing a book 100% by yourself since there is more that you felt like you could share? Yeah, that's that's so heavy. I have the reviews that came in from the chapter or the book was like, I wanted more. It, it felt like I, I it was more to be said. They were hooked. I just recently had a call with um, another publisher. He's like, we need a full book. You have a lot to say. And our conversation right now is pretty much adding to what I have to say because the experiences of the insurance part was different for us. And I can share with you when you are in the hospital, you can tell the difference in the type of insurance you have versus your neighbor because they're not coming as fast if your insurance is not quality. It's just different. It, it really is. I had to ask to go home because my insurance was good and they were just running up a bill versus someone who doesn't have a good insurance. They're finding a reason to get you out tomorrow. Yeah, and I imagine the level of comfort that you feel as a patient knowing that you have coverage versus someone who doesn't I mean, that's got to weigh heavy on your mind too and, and burden your recovery because you're so worried about what this hospital bill mm. is going to do to you and your family. So I can imagine that's mm -hmm. a whole another realm mm -hmm. that, you know, can be discussed. It all sure. comes back down to the pocket, right? right. Whether you survive and you're worried about the care and what the cost of that care is or you did not survive and what the cost of that final ceremony looks like and, and the bills that's left after that. It all comes down to the crossing. Gosh. Yeah, for sure. It's so deep and it, it really is a very, I imagine, difficult conversation because like you mentioned earlier, so many people think, well, I'm in good health. There's nothing wrong with me. I'll be fine. And, you know, really, we have absolutely no idea what is going mm -hmm. to happen five minutes from now, an hour from now, two days from now, none. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to be proactive and to have these things in place, really the peace of mind, I think, also is just got to be huge. Not just for you, but for your family members that's going to be responsible. Yeah, right. for sure. If you have, so we have life insurance, we have disability insurance, and then we also have something that's called critical care, where you can get an insurance policy that pays you for a diagnosis, a lump sum. If you have a family history of heart attack or strokes and kidney, so anything, not anything, because it's a list. But I have a policy that I have myself and my daughters covered. If we have any of these diagnoses, that's a lump sum check that allows you to pay for bills, care, whatever it is that you need. If you don't have a, a big support system, 
you want to have money available to call in help. Because when you don't have these things, you don't know who's helping you now, or you're not going to get quality help because you can't afford it. Or the amount of help that your insurance um, is paying for is this big. It's minimal. You need more than that. You don't want to rush back to life if you're not physically ready. But when you don't have the means to take care of yourself at your pace, then you jump back out there and you can make things worse to yourself because you're looking at the bills and you can't function or focus on feeling better because you are just looking at the mountain of bills. <laughs> yeah. I want to touch on the book a little bit more. And, you know, we talked before about grief and about how you can help someone who's grieving. Like, what are some some important things that you can do to support someone who's going through the grieving process? You want to share some things with us? Oh, yeah. I just went through a training for this book. This is called Happy for No Reason, where soon enough, I shall be a certified trainer where I can teach the different methods in this book. But before I was introduced to this book for myself, you know, I spoke about how much of a fan I am of Reiki. And Reiki, meditation, YouTube was a big help for me. Reading books, Here I've always been a bookworm, but during my darkest hours, I, I had to read. I had to read because our mind can be our worst enemy. And you need something to bring you back around because you can really find yourself on some heavy medications as a coping mechanism when it's not necessary if you find other ways to manage. So I want you to um, tell us the name of the book again. Happy for No Reason by Marcy Scheinwald. Okay. So if you're watching on YouTube, you see the book. I'm going to go ahead and put that information in the show notes, of course, so the sure. listeners will have easy access to everything that we're sharing. You talked just a minute ago about Reiki and meditation and how those have been so beneficial for you. Do you want to share that? I did have a, a guest on previously who's talked about Reiki and meditation, but I want to have your take on it and have you share what it's meant for you. Sure. I learned about Reiki when I lost my mom in 2008. Interesting enough, myself and my um, friend that I lost in the accident first. We used to go to an event once a month. It was called Zen Day. So you had a half an hour of foot detox bath, a half an hour of massage, and a half an hour of Reiki. And this particular Reiki practitioner also had medium capability. So if you are lucky enough to come across a authentic Reiki practitioner that has medium or prophetic skills, then you're in luck because they can communicate with those people that you may be grieving about. And they sometimes tell you things. In my case, she gave me messages from my mom in 2008. And I was in such a bad way after this auto accident that we were in quarantine. I was having over the phone Reiki sessions with someone that was from Massachusetts and I'm here in New Jersey. But she had a sister who had medium skills. So 
they will both be on the phone with me and she will possibly be moving around the energy from the pain that I was physically in. And then the assistant would be telling me some bits about my experience, but she didn't dive into it too much. But it can be something that you're uncertain of that's going on around you and being able to get those energies moved around or receive messages. I'm not sure if people believe in that. I might be the weird one. I don't know, but I love it. I love it. And at one point I had to push myself back because I was going a little wild with it to give it a break. But yeah, it's to move around your energetic frequencies to help balance you head to toe. Right. Yeah, it's that energies that can get blocked. And if you can work on releasing that, it can help with healing. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's really powerful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about, because you mentioned that you were in a very dark place during that time. And I imagine that that would be the case. You're trying to recover. And so mm -hmm. you were reading a lot. Is there other books that were really beneficial to you at that time that helped you through that? There were books. I read The Secret. I had to tap into that. I was raised Islamically, and this might shock some family members right now, may not like what I'm about to say. But when you are in such a dark place and such deep despair, and when you're in the hospital, or even for my situation, I was home, but stuck still in a hospital bed. I just was at home. I was alone a lot. So all you have is yourself and your thoughts. I would go to YouTube where people would send me gospel music or tell me to turn to a certain channel. And that's when I was introduced to Joe Osteen and I fell in love with him because I needed to find those things that brought me back around. I'm reading this book now and surprisingly to myself, this is the power of change. And this is like Craig Groshoff. I believe this how you pronounce it, but this is another amazing book. I bought this book just because I didn't even really, I didn't know what it was about. I liked the cover. It had a 30% big sticker on it. And I bought it. And I just recently started to read it because again, I was going through some things, some decision-making. And once I started to read this book, I realized this, wow, this is written by a pastor. But what I got distracted from saying is I grew up Islamically and while I was alone so much I would burst out in tears just crying to the top of my lungs in the hospital where the nurses they didn't run to the room anymore because they already knew what was going on I was having a moment even at home Islam wasn't there for me but Christ was mm -hmm. so whatever you feel called to that's doing the work for you is where you have to um, share energy. And whatever that book was for me is where I was. And it maybe was on, again, YouTube, where I didn't have to sit there and read it. I could listen. It was plenty of nights I couldn't sleep. I would go to YouTube and listen to meditation sounds or common sounds to help me go to sleep. It, it's very important to not tell yourself that you're okay when you know that you don't feel okay. It's very important to ask for help when you know that you're overwhelmed 
and be willing to receive it because trying to bear that weight of a grief it's not fun it's not fun and it's not something that you should really go through alone we we hear all the time about people that we assume were happy and they're committing suicide because possibly you don't check on that person because you feel as though they're the strong one and i've always been considered the strong one or the lucky one and through this hour desiree i was neither of the two of those i was breaking down and I still had company coming over, so they probably thought I was okay. But I was not because my mind just kept going back to how did this happen? Oh, my God, my friends, my friend's family, who's mad at me? Did I upset somebody? Why did this happen? It was all of those thoughts that stayed on the forefront while I was pretending to be in the moment, but I was not in the moment. I just wanted it to be over so I can go back and crawl under the cup. Oh, Zakia, that's just so, it's like devastating. Yeah, it's, it's so powerful. I, I can't even imagine that depth of despair in that time, but that you've got to find, like you said, whatever it is that speaks to you in that moment to help you get through it. And mm-hmm. and so thankfully you did find what you needed to help carry you through and here you are now, and you are sharing your wisdom of, from the experience that you've been through and helping other people now through the writing, through the offering of insurance and, and helping to protect them and their families. And it's so important. And I want to touch a little bit on when you went into that, you said you were dropped into that group that was writing and how nothing happens accidentally. Right. Things happen for a reason and you needed to be there and you went through that writing process and now are getting, I hope, ready to write uh, your own full length book to talk about this because what you went through can be that guiding light for somebody else. And so thank you so much for sharing this all with us. But we don't go back to here because I have so much to being happy for no reason, pulling yourself out of grief and just showing up for yourself. My last surgery was December of 20 and that was a dark period for me. So the world was trying to open back up from COVID. My recovery was starting to backslide. I was getting even more depressed because I felt like I should have been further along in my recovery or rehabilitation. And I wasn't. And I remember going into the hospital and I I, I just prayed that God, if you wake me up this last time, that I, I, I can relieve myself of this burden, this darkness. I was not comfortable there. And I just wanted to regain some of who I was before this accident. Um, and I wasn't asking to be who I was. I just wanted to be some of who I was before then because I was always busy. Then I was in real estate. I was in uh, insurance, financial services. I did a lot of networking. And that came to a screeching halt. So when you ha- are sitting still and you're watching everybody else live life and you can't or you have to ask for help to do some things, I would wake up 
in the morning and I would just burst out crying to the top of my lungs because I missed my independence. I did not like having to wait to get a bath. I did not like having to not even be able to get myself off the toilet. And it just was too much for me being the independent person I once was. And I was still proud. I didn't want people to know just how low I was feeling. But I was, I was down. Wow. It's just amazing what you've shared and, and the place that you are in now compared to then. And I hope that the strength that I see in you now is how you're feeling and that you have found the joy again and yeah. are able to do what you do and what I know it may be at a different level than it was before, mm-hmm. but you are a different person now from that experience and you can bring forth those things that you've learned and share with others. And I hope that that is bringing you joy. Yeah, you know, I I created these affirmation bookmarks and I have to keep them by my desk. I keep them in my purse and I have to go in and flip through them throughout the day because not every day is a good day, right? I'm still human, so I get my periods where I'm starting to get frustrated or my thoughts are starting to go awry. I have to tap into these things still today. One thing I can tell you is that I don't waste time arguing with people anymore. No, because now I understand time is too short, right? I'm not going to let you get in my head and disturb me from where I am today because I've been, I've had a journey, okay? And not everybody is built to stand up tall after the end of that journey. Took a lot of prayer. It still takes a lot of prayer. For sure. And you know, that's such a great point that you just brought up. We spend so much time arguing with people and having, you know, these conversations in our head and thoughts Mm -hmm. about what somebody else is thinking and how pointless is all of that. It's so not a good use of our time. Waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. Save the moments while you have them, even with the people that you love, tell them that you love them while they are here. Spend quality time with them while they are here. Make the time. Put down work. We get so absorbed in our work. Worrying about what the boss is going to say or do. The boss is probably out enjoying their family or friends while you are just stuck in your work. Put that down. It'll be there. Go enjoy you. Go enjoy your family, your friends, whoever it is that brings you joy. Do more of what feels good to you. I love to tap into things that I I enjoyed from a childhood before life got heavy. That's what feels good to me. I love a good arcade game. I love a board game. Card. Yeah. There's no worries in that, right? There's nothing to fight about when you're doing that. You're having a good time. Yeah. What a wonderful way to close out our conversation is to remember the people who are important to us and the things that we enjoy doing is really the point of life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, not being buried in work. And so what a great way to close out our conversation. I do want to ask you though, Zakia, if people have questions, they want to pick your brain about some of the uh, things that we've talked about on the insurance side, how would they reach out to you? What's the best way to get in touch with you? I'm on LinkedIn. My name is Zakia Austin. I'm on Instagram and that is z.austinagency or my website is zaustinagency.com or my email. 
And that's Zakia Austin and gmail.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Zakia. This has been so powerful and such great information. And I hope that, you know, the listeners have, have found some really good information out of, of what you've shared because there is just so much that you have gifted to us in this conversation. So thank you again. You're more than welcome. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share. And again, if, if there was somewhere I got lost and I didn't get a chance to answer the question to their satisfaction, feel free to reach out and, and just ask. Yes. Thank you. And I might have been um, different states um, soon, so I should be able to help out. I love to travel. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you again, and we'll talk soon. Yes, thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Pockets of Knowledge podcast. Be sure to join us again next week for more great information designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your goals. And thanks again for listening. Thank you all for being here. I'm thrilled to have you join me for my new podcast. If you found this episode enjoyable, I'd love for you to show your support by following, rating, and reviewing on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback will not only help me improve, but it will also help others discover the content. Happy listening.